The writer's curse is that even in solitude, no matter its duration, he never grows lonely or bored. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amuddin, and this, by God, is the last episode of 2022. It's unbelievable that we've made it here. Technical producer Nusreen Abdelmajid is also joining us on this episode, like fully throughout your present. Hello. Hi. <laughs> so as we picked this quote uh, to kind of wrap up the year, but we're not really talking about the year in this quote, though. Um, we're talking about writers, and that's because we have a very special episode. So we're shouting out Chris Jamie from Philosophy. That's Kill. Philosophy. That's where this quote comes from. And they're talking about writers. Yeah. So the writer's curse is that even in solitude, no matter its duration, he never grows lonely or bored. But I thought we could kind of reach a little and talk about readers in that same context. I don't get lonely. Books are my friends. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of us audiobook listeners, um, very deeply profound bookworms can kind of have the same attitude. So to reward everybody for very good audiobook listening and reading throughout the year, Nez, we have done something special with this episode. And for all you audiobook listeners out there, we're dedicating this entire episode to featuring your top audiobooks of 2022. And as I said, we chat with bookworms every week on the show right members of the blind low vision community uh, allies and friends avid audiobook listeners book lovers of all kinds and all over the place too by the way we've shouted out and talked to people uh, across canada and every week we open up the space to review discuss recommend browse conceptualize and reminisce on audiobooks so now we're talking about those books that you brought to us and that have stuck with you throughout the year and have made it on your top book list for 2022. I've been told that this was a very difficult task, but no problem. We've done the hard work and we've compiled your messages, your reflections of these books, and now we're going to share them. So firstly, Let's kick things off with an audio message from AMI's communication specialist, our very own Greg David. Hey, Ramya and Nizreen. This is Greg David, a communication specialist at AMI. And one of the books that I read last year and that really stuck with me is called Ridge Runner, and it's by Jill Adamson. Uh, This is available on SELA, uh, either with human narrated audio and uh, also automated Braille. And it's part literary Western and part historical mystery. It's the follow-up to Jill Adamson's award-winning and critically acclaimed novel, The Outlander. I didn't read The Outlander. I read Ridge Runner. And so, you know, you don't need to have read The Outlander before you read this one. Um, this is the fo- official follow-up, though. And uh, and just a quick note that it was, it was the Scotiabank Giller Prize long list. So like I said, it's a part literary Western, part historical mystery, and it follows the character of William Moreland, 
who over the past 20 years, he's been known as a thief named the Ridge Runner. And he's come back to his land in Montana, where he is trying to meet up with his son. It's the son that he left behind in the care of a nun when his son was young. And so it's an indigenous story um, because William Moreland is indigenous and his son is, is as well. And William gave up his son to the nun because he couldn't care for him. So it's not only an indigenous story, but it's also the story of colonialism. Uh, it's a really dramatic book. Um, it's a lot of action, but there's also a lot of character building as, as well because it's not only going back and it's going back and forth between William's story and Jack, uh, his 12 year old son, as he's talking about, you know, what's going on with his life. So I don't want to give too much away. I, I will say that it, there is a climactic ending to the book. Um, it is great. Like I said, it is available on Sela. It's called Ridge Runner and it's by Jill Adamson. It came out in 2020 and it was one of my favorite books to read in 2022. Thanks. Thanks, Greg. And now we have a message from Michael Fair. He says, one of my favorite reads was The Ministry for the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson. He shows us what a path through climate change might be like. The book left me with more hope than I expected that we could come to our senses and build a more sustainable life on Earth. Audible has a whole cast of excellent narrators who did a great job bringing the characters to life. Awesome message, Michael. Thank you. Michael is always reading and always reviewing. And I must say at this point, too, that our messages were very, very well written from people. So I'm very excited to go through these. And if we're going to talk about Mike Fair, let's talk about his partner, Sarah Hillis. And Sarah is also an avid audiobook listener. And once a month, Sarah joins us for Know Your Narrator. Uh, She features a narrator from... The world of audiobooks, and we shout out the voices behind our favorite listens, and we immensely enjoy, on the second episode of each month, getting to know the fascinating lives and backgrounds of these individuals behind our audiobooks. So here's Sarah's message. First recommendation has to be Fairy Tale by Stephen King, narrated by Seth Numerick and the author, Stephen King himself. I guarantee you've never heard a fairy tale like this before, she says. The book is filled with horror, hope, and humanity, and there's even a very cool dog in it. It's like Alice in Wonderland meets H.P. Lovecraft and is a treasure trove of mythology and folklore, along with giant cockroaches and weird electrified skeletons, of course. Have fun. Next, a plug for The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern, narrated by the one and only Jim Dale, who she featured on one of our Know Your Narrators this year, by the way. This is not a recent book, having been released in print in 2011, but it compelled me from the word go. It's a book of wonders leaving you on. It's a book of wonders leading you on through this mysterious world of magic and illusion so that you never know how it'll end until the end actually comes or does it. Very beautifully written and narrated. Thank you, Sarah, for your message and your recommendations. I love that. And next, we have a message from Kim Kilpatrick. She says, I have read and liked so many books this year. In the fall, I went back to the beginning of the Louise Penny series of books. I had read some of them before, but now I am reading them in order. The readers are excellent, and I love the characters in the Gamache series. I also really loved Mark Critch's memoirs that he narrates, 
The first one is Son of a Critch. All of these are on Sila. Happy holidays to all. And just a note, Andy Frank also loved Son of a Critch. I'm not surprised. No, not surprised at all. And he says it's one of the books that he read cover to cover as audio, which was narrated by Mark Critch himself. And it is hilarious. Oh my God, I had so many good laugh out loud moments during that read. Absolutely fun. Okay, we're going to keep moving because we have so many recommendations. Matt Agnew, who appeared on uh, AR way at the beginning of 2022, gave us his recommendations as well. My two favorite reads this year were Cycle of Galand by Edward W. Robertson with an incredible narration performance by Tim Gerard Reynolds. A fantastic series starter for fans of high fantasy and adventure, book one is The Red Sea. Synopsis, when Dante Gulland was just a boy, his father Larson sailed away to make his fortune and never returned. Since then, Dante has become a great sorcerer, a ruler, a destroyer of kings, and he's just learned his father is living on a forbidden island at the edge of the known world where he's dying of a mysterious plague. Second pick from Matt Agnew, Project Hail Mary by Andy Wurr, narrated by Ray Porter. This is a great standalone read for sci-fi fans looking to scratch the itch left by the Martian or Bobaverse. Thank you, Matt. And next, Kamini Radhan uh, joins us and she says, The years are starting to blend together. Good thing my reading app has a timeline. I read a few books throughout the year by Alice Hoffman. I find the stories she tells and the way she tells them are unique and interesting. I've also read a number of books with characters who had different types of disabilities. Some titles I really enjoyed this year is The Wife, The Maid, and The Mistress, uh, Fireproof, Where the Crawdads Sing, The Pilot's Daughter, and First Love Take Two. I love it. Where the Crawdads Sing, definitely one of the highlights of 2022 for me. And uh, the book was followed by the movie release this year. So that was a big deal for a lot of our uh, readers. Yeah. And um, it was one of the books that was trending this yes, year. So. Yeah, hugely so. And I also wanted to say that a lot of the picks that Kamini has highlighted here have been from Americans Evening Book Club and many, many good picks from that book club alone. So if you're part of that book club, you're... Uh, your reading scale has been tipped over the edge. We had so many good books. Stay tuned because we have more reads from you. We're going to tie a bow on our year of audiobook listening with highlights of your top picks of 2022, reflecting on the books, authors, and narrators that have stayed on your mind and made it on your recommendation list. listening to AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm Ramia Amadlin, and we are listing top picks from you from 2022. That's kind of how we are summarizing this. Nisreen Abdelmajid is also joining us, and Nis- let's continue, because we have another audio message. These are always great treats. And this one from Kelly McDonald of Kelly and Ramia on AMI. Hello, all. Kelly McDonald here. I wanted to recommend, and I've mentioned this before on other book conversations we've had, Spencer for Hire. 
great TV series from the 80s. These are wonderful books to read that uh, the TV series was inspired by. Robert B. Parker, the creator of these books, that character has been around well over 40 years. Um, the beautiful thing about the Spencer for Hire series is it makes you think. And sometimes the solutions do not mean that those who all should get their just desserts do. Spencer, hardworking, but also talks a lot about being that character, that person who wants that wonderful home life, enjoys life, whether it's going out for a little dining, but not overly because he's tight on money as well, takes care of his apartment, what I always consider the man's man, you know, not that person that says, well, that's woman's work or, oh, I don't do that kind of thing. This is that character that I admire because my father was a lot like this character, you know, worked hard and certainly ironed his clothes, baked, cooked, whatever was needed, uh, and did not think it was just left for my mom to do. And, of course, you have the action of some very hardcore criminals in this. And he's a tough guy, too, former cop and a boxer. But you get a lot of the road work that he has to put in, whether it's to keep in shape or fighting criminals and uh, solving a case. And like I say, sometimes not getting the results that he definitely wants. And uh, Chasing the Bear is a book all about his formal years as a young man living with his father and uncles out west. And it is beautiful. You still have the feel of the Spencer series. You understand this young man, young teenager, but you get a really good story too. And some of the, the toughness of the Spencer for Hire series, but something that you actually can grab onto and buy into, even with the series of him as a teenager and these fascinating characters, his father and uncles. So I do want to suggest to you Robert B. Parker's Chasing the Bear or any of the books from the Spencer for Hire series. But if you're young and you'd like to check this out, if you're new to the Spencer for Hire series, please feel free to start with Chasing the Bear and then dive into any of the Spencer for Hire books. Happy holiday reading. Thanks, Kelly. And now our good friend Karen McGee joins us and she says, My favorite read was Fire and Blood by George R.R. R. Martin. It took me a while to get to it. It's not a short book. It's written more like a history book and takes some getting used to. It was the basis for House of the Dragon on HBO and takes place about 300 years before Game of Thrones. It follows the war between the Targaryens for the Iron Throne. The audiobook is 24 and a half hours long, so it's a commitment. And if you like his other work, I think you will like this too. Um, Remyo, mm -hmm. 24 and a half hours long. Can you do We've it? We've done longer. We've done longer. Okay. Yeah, you've done longer. Yes. Yeah, I feel like you yes. have. The Star of the Sea by Aaron Morgenstern. I think it was 33 hours long. It took me six months to go through it because I was pausing and playing throughout. But nonetheless, Karen... We know how you're invested. Thank you for sharing. This is a message from Peter Setsanis, who joined us and Peter of Peter's Book Club. And he says, the book for Peter's Book Club that stirred a lot of discussion was The Push by Ashley Aubrey. And this is released in 2021. I'm hearing so much about this book all over social. I still haven't read it yet, though. A thoughtful literary novel with an almost physical force behind each of its turns and revelations. A tense, page-turning psychological drama about the making and breaking of a family told through the eyes of a woman whose experience of motherhood is nothing at all what she hoped for. Thank you, Peter. Definitely 
uh, a tease for a page turner. And now we have a message from Marsha Yale. She says one of my favorite books this year was not an audiobook, unless you count Apple's Alex reading it as audio. It was handled with care by Jody Pickled. It is not a light read, but it is a very truthful piece of fiction in my opinion. Marcy has read and shared with us her love for the Outlander series. And we talked about this when she appeared on audiobook review. Um, I just gotta say, I commend everyone who can go through the Outlander series. It's just an absolute roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And it's a long one. It's a very long load. You'll be on that ride for a long time. <laughs> so so shout out to you guys. Another message from Sidine Lowe, one of my good friends. And she has a way with words. It starts with us. This is her first shout out of a recommendation by Colleen Hoover. This is a sequel to It Ends With Us. Also another one that's been very much popular this year. The next one is Masters and Mercenaries. This is a series by Lexi Black. She says, This series will absolutely leave you at the edge of your seat, waiting for what's going to happen next. It's the best mix of guns and spice. By the end of it, I was really contemplating the BDSM community and if I'm cut out to be a submissive. Because baby, if they can find my trigger point the way these men were quick to find the trigger on their gun, heaven has come to earth. We'll pause while that sinks in. Now, the next and last recommendation from Sadine is How to Keep House While Drowning by Casey Davis. She says, if you have a hard time keeping up with cleaning tasks, and just household chores. Casey David helps you remember cleaning is mural neutral. You are not lazy, and something done half-assed is just as much an accomplishment. She sets, she helps you set boundaries on your timeline and help. Bleh. She helps you set boundaries on your time and find what's required for you to be functional. Thank you, Sadine. And this is a message from our good friend, Amr Khan. Amr is an audiobook worm who joins us on the last episode of the month to share the good, the bad, and everything in between. He says, wow, what a tall order to pick my fave books of 2022. I guess I will give it some thought and pick a few. From romance, thrillers, and nonfiction. My reads this year were beyond prediction. It was a year full of great books, and a few which I gave dirty looks. It's been fun to write them all down. Not sure which one takes the crown. Standout books to me mean books which I could recommend to a wider audience that I truly enjoyed and that I would consider reading again. Three Daughters of Eve by uh, Alif Shafak. A tale of modern Turkey told with vibrance, drama, and all the intricacies of marriage and Eastern and Western philosophies. Wonderfully written with great descriptions of both emotions and the look of modern Istanbul. Some honorable mentions. The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern, a masterfully written abstract novel that tells a tale you're not entirely sure of. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens, a modern classic romanticizing about a self-taught naturalist at one with nature while dealing with society. Obviously, we end it here, but obviously, Amr is a poet and he doesn't 
even know it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, he said tall order, and I know it was. Like, we don't even know how many nights of sleep he lost trying to just pick a couple recommendations. So thank you for doing that, Amr. Teresa Power uh, has given us our next message. Karen McKay and Teresa Power are two wonderful people who join us at the start of every month from the Center for Equitable Library Access, which you can check out at celalibrary.ca. And Teresa is the content and access librarian. So she says, one of the best books I've read is the first in a series called The Tenant by Katrin Enberg, a Danish author. This crime novel came as a recommendation from a friend and reads so much like one of my favorite mystery writers, Arnaldo Inderdyson, in the style of writing and offbeat, incantankerous characters. The tenant follows the investigation of the brutal murder of a young girl in her apartment building by two Copenhagen detectives, Jep Corner and Annette Werner. They quickly make a link between this woman and her landlady, a budding novelist who has coincidentally made the victim a character of her unfinished novel. Ooh, sounds juicy for all the mystery lovers out there. Thank you, Teresa. And now we have a message from a familiar voice, Danielle McLaughlin. She says, two books that I read this year that are available as audiobooks are Ducks Newburyport, by Lucy Elman and Checkout 19 by Claire Louise Bennett. The first book has only one sentence, but is over 600 text pages long. We ended there. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Um, she did say that even though it's one sentence, there's a lot of the fact that and yet she says it's very, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, so curious and that's the note we leave it on chat with you guys in 2023 happy holidays happy holidays safe holidays lots of audiobook listening to you and your loved ones we will catch you back in ABC News Tech Trends. It's common in September and October for smartphone manufacturers to release their latest devices, and some are wondering if tacky insurance is worth the money to protect what they bought. If the phone breaks, the screen cracks or something, it'll be a little bit cheaper to get it repaired. Thomas Germain is senior tech reporter at Consumer Reports. He says there are two main kinds of gadget insurance. Basic coverage plan that costs a little bit less, but still a few hundred dollars typically. And they'll cover it if you break your phone or if you drop it. Then there's the more expensive 
comprehensive insurance where they'll cover anything from theft to you lose your phone, you drop it in the water. Retailers like Walmart and Target offer plans, as do manufacturers like Apple and Samsung. Third-party companies like Assurian and Fairtrade offer coverage as well, and some credit card companies. But Jermaine says it's important to do the math first. If you're a little more careful if you take precautions, the insurance plan probably doesn't make sense for you. With Tech Trends, I'm Alex Stone, ABC News. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. In the Great Lakes region, a forecast of lake effect snow can mean several feet of the white stuff. When cold air blows over warm open lake water, the water evaporates. And when it's cold enough, that moisture can fall as snow. So in November, December, January, you see very large lake effect events. And that's because you have air that is cold enough to snow and you still have the water being warm. Once the water freezes over, then the evaporation is largely reduced and then there's a reduction of lake effect snow. Ricky Rood of the University of Michigan says that as the climate changes, the lakes are getting warmer and staying ice-free for longer. That can lead to more evaporation and sometimes heavier lake effect snow. Individual snowstorms can actually be larger in terms of the amount of snow in an individual storm. But before snow lovers rejoice, a caveat. As the climate warms, more and more of that lake effect precipitation is falling as rain instead. So eventually, winter activities, from snowmobiling to snowball fights, could be harder to experience. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.